Hey everyone, it's eight-figure entrepreneur Todd Snively telling you we're about to put more glide in your stride and more pep in your step because it's time for the Million Dollar Mind Podcast. Let's go! What's going on, millionaires? You're listening to the Million Dollar Mind Podcast, episode 177 on how to make six figures selling anything online. Now, I'm super excited to have this conversation. We have Todd Snively in the building. And uh, man, Todd is the curator of over 50 online training programs. And, you know, as a curator of a training program myself, I know how much time, energy, effort, and, you know, doubling back to, you know, cross all your I's and dot all your T's, how much energy in general it takes to create one online training program. Todd has curated over 50. That's just those numbers are I, I can't even fathom that right now. But um, Todd is also the co-founder of Expert University, which we're going to talk about in a little bit, you know, for sure. And an eight figure Amazon seller. So as you can see, while I'm excited to have this conversation for many reasons, you guys listening to the podcast, we talk about systems, we talk about sales, we talk about, you know, uh, just online presidents, digital real estate. We talk about all these things. And this conversation with Todd is definitely going to bring you all huge, huge, huge amounts of value. So I just want to pass the mic off to you, Todd, to, you know, tell the listeners a little bit more about you that we don't already know and a little bit about what they can expect from today's content. Okay. Thanks so much for that real warm welcome. You just, you forgot to mention I'm old. I'm as old old as dirt. (laughs) (laughs) I get that a lot because people, you know, they want to know, wow, how can I get uh, successful like today? I says, I I don't know, because it's taken me 40 years, (laughs) to be honest with you. I mean, we've had a lot of successes along the way. Started uh, my very first business, 1983. And it was just pretty much one business after another until there was one little stretch where I was actually a commercial pilot. That was always my desire. So I ended Mm -hmm. up flying under contract for the post office and UPS for a little bit until it, you know, until they really beat the heck out of my love for flying. (laughs) They just, if you, you know, people say, if you do what you love, you never work a day. Mm, Mm -hmm. They took something I love and they turned it into work and that was Mm. no good. And, And what I learned through a lot of, uh, Oh, a few unfortunate events is I learned that, I needed to make money and take care of myself and my family and, and not be chasing these, these dreams, if you, if you will, that, um, when it matter of fact, when I actually stopped flying for a living and decided to go back and start another business, even some of my closest relatives called me irresponsible. They said, aren't, don't you realize what you have? Don't you know how lucky you are? You know, don't think about your family. And I said, you know what? I am thinking about my family. I didn't make more than $28,000 a year flying for a living. So in any event, that was a long time ago. That was 1988 was when I finally decided to go back into the entrepreneurial world, and I haven't left. And the one key thing I think it was is I I just didn't want to work for anybody else. That was my number one motivation. I kind of felt life was a game, and the only way I was going to win it was to just work for myself until the day I dropped dead. So that was a big motivation for me, and fear wasn't far behind. <laughs> so I've had, uh, I've had 12 different businesses that did really, really well. I had one that did so-so, and I had one that just was a nuclear disaster. Hmm. And sometimes, sometimes it takes those 
nuclear disasters for you to be able to punch that reset button and and do it better and and uh, the correct way moving on. So I've got a little bit of all of that behind me, but it was 2002, March 12th, 2002, when I started selling products online. And it was it wasn't a great time of my life. I just had that nuclear business failure. There was a lot of uncertainty in front of me. But the one thing that didn't change was we needed to be able to pay the bills, right? Pay the lawyers, uh, eat. And, and the only way I ever saw doing that was not trading dollars for hours, but building something that was scalable. Mm. And one of the things I learned from one of my early mentors is if you can figure out how to make $1 a day in profit, you just have to figure out how to do that 10,000 times a day. And that stuck with me. So I'm a very systems-oriented type person. And this is one of the, the businesses that I started in, in, like I said, March 2002, that I still have. That business, and trust me, I generally follow the money. If there's, if there's something better, if an opportunity comes along, and I can see myself making more money in that, that's why I told different businesses. That was just following the money. But nothing's changed since 2002 as far as uh, making money online. Now, the way we do it, a little bit has changed that's mm -hmm. evolved but fundamentally i have the same accounts that i opened in 2002 and we just have more different marketplaces and whatnot where we do the physical selling but i'll tell you my life really changed in 2009 mm. when i discovered this little this little website called amazon and became uh, for the very first time an amazon seller mm -hmm. and oh my goodness could we talk about that that trip for a while then my life changed again in 2014 when people started to say, teach us on how to be an Amazon seller <laughs> the way you're doing it. Mm -hmm. Because uh, so many people have tried and then they fail or they don't know where to start. They're willing to maybe pay their way to the front of the line with good consulting or whatnot. And so that was something I thought I would, I would never really do. But I saw an opportunity to help a lot of people because there's also a lot of con artists and bad guys out there. And I felt, well, if I could help a, a certain number avoid that experience, then that's worth doing. Mm -hmm. Well, that changed my life. That, that, that allowed me to get involved in opportunities that just rained millions of dollars in revenue. And it was just incredible. But as I was going through all of this, one thing I noticed is just this, this really nasty underbelly this whole industry has. And one of the reasons I got involved in affiliate marketing was to see, is there a right way to do affiliate marketing without being a scum bucket, you know, yeah. a scumbag? Mm -hmm. and, uh, and that was really, really interesting. I'm going to be uh, turning 60 in July next month. Mm -hmm. And I want to slow down a little bit. I'm going to be exiting a few of my uh, more traditional type businesses that I have. And all I want to do now is market online. I call it marketing online the right way. You know, there are the systems, there are the plans that you can follow. And I've absolutely been fascinated my entire life by two things. The fact that, well, since, anyway, the last 20 years, the fact that you can actually make money with a computer online, that, that still blows my mind. And the second thing that really fascinates me is you can give 10 people, 100 people, 1,000 people the exact step, same step-by-step -step type of a plan and procedure, and only 20% of them, 25% of them will make it. Now, why is that, right? 
And I think you know the answer. You know the answer already. It's mindset. It's absolutely, it's absolutely <laughs> one. <laughs> so between actually make, just making money online and then trying to help the people and seeing the reasons they can't, not, not don't or won't, can't make money online is really kind of I, what I want to focus on moving forward as I exit some of these other businesses and move into this next, this next uh, area of my life. Mm-hmm. That's a, that's a, that's amazing, Todd. And thank you. Thank you for, for sharing these pivotal moments in your life that really kind of, you know, molded you into the person that you are uh, sitting with us today. And I love that you mentioned it, it, it's most it's mindset is mindset is the reason but that 25 or even fewer percent of people can accomplish some of the same things that people are doing every single day. And you can take a person like you who creates some type of digital product or a course in a system that shows people how to do it exactly the way that I do it. And they still somehow to fumble the fumble the bag or drop the ball on it uh, because of that mindset being missing. And um, uh, it, it's a lot to unpack. And so I want to break down a couple things that, that you mentioned. The first one is one March 12, 2002. That's a day after my birthday. And you mentioned how, you know, things have changed. Right. And I can only imagine from now to 2002, you know, how the environment of online sales and selling things online looked. What were some of the main differences? And outside of the systems, as you mentioned, was there much adjustment to kind of being able to stay up to date or, you know, uh, nowadays everything is about aesthetic, right? How were you able to keep up with the aesthetic of selling online in 2002 all the way up to now? being 20 years later selling online it's a lot like are you i don't know if you're familiar or if your your listeners would be familiar with this card game texas hold'em poker texas hold'em mm-hmm. texas no limit hold'em uh, they have this great tagline it's uh, it's a game that takes minutes to learn and a lifetime to master and just like any kind of game you have to, one, know the rules better than anyone else. You have to have a strategy better than anybody else. And you have to constantly be learning. You can't think that your first week of playing poker or selling online, you've got it nailed and you just have to keep doing what you're doing. Mm-hmm. I would, I, every single day, I am still learning. And that is not an exaggeration. It's because the industry is so huge. Now, you can really, really niche it down. But it doesn't mean that you, you're not going to become an expert and be continually learning. So almost nothing is the same <laughs> as it was back in 2002. Almost nothing, except the, the one core concept that you want to try to buy something for a dollar and sell it for two. That's, that's been since the dawn of man. I call selling. Um, I, people ask me, what do you do? I say, well, I'm in online distribution. Distribution is like the second oldest profession in the world. We all know what the first is. So distribution's the second, right? For the dawn of man, people have been either trading for what they want or just out and out buying it. When we went online, um, boy, I saw warning bells for the brick and mortar stores. You know, I was back in the day when Sears was like king of the hill. But you look at the way they did business 
and you look at the, the way other companies were coming online and you knew somebody was going to be the loser. And right now, unfortunately, it's the big box brick and mortar stores. And even the mom and pa's are having, having trouble. You have to, you have to look at the, the future and you have to figure out how to evolve. Because if you don't evolve, you will die. And there's just, that has been proven time and time again. So you have to learn how to evolve and at least stay even with what's going on. You can never, ever be satisfied. Or maybe that's the wrong word. Let's say you can never sit down and rest and say you're done. Because you never are in this type of an industry. And matter of fact, anybody that excels in anything they do, and I don't care if it's a sports figure or you know some of the most famous people, business people in the world, Elon Musk, they never, they never say they're done. And same thing with Jeff Bezos at Amazon. What I appreciated so much about that company was the innovation that they had. And they didn't, they didn't, everything wasn't a home run. You may not even remember the crappy uh, cell phone they came out with. You know, the Amazon, I don't know if they called their cell phone the fire, but I'll guarantee you there's a warehouse somewhere with a couple of million Amazon cell phones in it that just didn't work. <laughs> but, but they don't care. They innovate. They jump off. I, my favorite saying is jump off that cliff and build the plane on the way down. And I've never done anything perfect in my life. You just have to keep moving forward, trying things, innovate, and live to see the next day. And this is why I'm never going to retire. People say, are you, well, you know, I'm, I'm exiting a couple of businesses. Are you going to retire? Not in the traditional sense, because I'm having way too much fun. And that's what I share with Gary Vanderchuk. He's the same way. He goes, if I live to be 90, he says, I'm still going to be doing this as long as it's fun. I feel the same way. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, and so to that point, you, when you love what you do, you never work a day in your life. It just so happens <laughs> that in this pilot field, they, they turned that into work for you, which is still unfortunate. Uh, but awesome. Awesome. I, I love to hear it all. And um, thanks for answering that question, because I'm sure a lot of people were trying to figure out, like, how do you keep up with selling online from, you know, over the last 20 years? And you're right. It, it's just nothing's perfect. You, I think, as humans, our obsession over the the word perfection, you know, is what stops a lot of us from even doing in the first place. And to your point, Todd, it sounds like you just got really good at just creating it, just starting the business, starting the 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 system, starting whatever it is that you wanted to start and then just kind of fixing it later as, you know, the hole started to poke through on the boat. And you just kind of fill a hole as it as it, you know, presents itself which is uh, the mindset of, that a lot of our listeners are, you know, in the process of adopting and adopting as we speak, you know, speak and speaking of, of our millionaires who are for our millionaires are, that are joining us for the first time, you know, I want to say, welcome, take this time to welcome all the newcomers and to our millionaires that are seasoned vets of the show. Welcome back to the million dollar mind podcast. You know, you are in the right place. If you are here looking for tips and tricks to making money while living a more passionate life. All right, millionaires, entrepreneurs, moguls, philanthropists, managers even, right? I want to encourage you to purchase my book, Lead from the Front, because it is essential if you want to learn how to be an effective leader, not just for others, but for yourself as well. Learning the tools or the importances, I should say, of accountability, discipline. We have so many resources and tools that are in the book to help you give better feedback, give more genuine feedback, you know, hold yourself to a higher standard and hold others to a higher standard without making them feel like 
you're the person that tells a lot but doesn't lead by example. And that's what the whole purpose of the book is to lead from the front. So if you haven't already, go check out my book, Lead from the Front. You can find it on my website at www.kaispeaks.com. It'll be right there at the top. And so we have Ty Snively here in the building and on the show talking about ways that you can make money online, which is way better than having to make money in person because you can't be everywhere at once. But online, you can be in several different places at once. So that's why I thought that this was a great topic to bring to you guys, because if you can master some of the systems of selling online, then you you really have put yourself in a position where you can be like Todd and, you know, do what you love and not feel like you're really working and to never retire in the traditional sense. Right. So, Todd, tell us a little bit about Expert University and, you know, what's your typical um, student of the program looks like that, you know, comes and enters ex, uh, expert university. The average person is somebody that has made the decision that they want to learn how to generate additional income. Now, some people have a little, you know, there's a big difference between wants and desires. You know, a lot of people will desire to make an extra income, but what they really want to do is go to the bar and hang out with the guys, right? Mm -hmm. What we try to do is explain how important the mindset is first before getting into any of the specifics. Because if your mind isn't right, you're not going to succeed. You have to, you have to know your big why. Why are you doing this, right? And I've just seen so many people come into these programs that there wasn't enough motivation there to get through a program. So many people think that just because they purchased some expensive training program, they actually accomplished something. They didn't. All they did, all they did was take like the first step of a 300,000 step journey. Mm -hmm. And everything that you're going to do to make money online is the proverbial eating of the elephant. And the only way you're going to consume that elephant is one steak at a time. So what we try to do is determine the right path for people. For some people, it's, it's selling physical products. For some people, it's creating their own digital product. For some people, it's creating events and masterminds. For other people, it's affiliate marketing. So we try to, we try to figure out what's correct for you. What are your goals? Are they realistic? You know, can we, can we bring a little realism into what we're doing? And then we put people on the right path. We call them a business blueprint, so to speak, for what we think they're going to have the easiest time with that matches with their skills and their mindset and their ability and, and willingness to learn. There's just so many ways to make money online that you have to find what's right for you. And a lot of people, they don't even know where to start. Mm -hmm. They just, you know, they see some flashy YouTube ad by some guru and some guy sitting next to his rented Lamborghini in the driveway of his rented house saying, I made all this money and it's so it's so easy and all you got to do is give me a big chunk of money and I'll, it'll happen for you. And it's just not true. Right. So we try to inject the realism, <laughs> the reality of the matter. This is hard work. I don't think I've ever worked harder at anything, but the rewards are, are just so incredible. And the lifestyle was what attracted me. I mean, I grew up poor. I didn't know what rich was. And it wasn't until... I had actually lost everything in, in selling my first house that I decided to really get serious about figuring out how to make this money thing work for me. Mm -hmm. And while, um, while it's complicated, it's not impossible. You just have to have the right mindset and know that the people that 
get started and wonder why they're not rich three days later, that's the problem. That's not the, that's not the solution. It takes a while. It can, it can take a while. Let's put it that way. Mm-hmm. I've always enjoyed, I, I, I use this term, buying my way to the top. To this day, I still invest a lot of money to um, have somebody else do either do something for me or teach me how to do it. I told you before, I'm learning every single day. And uh, I, have, I tell people, look, if you don't have a lot of resources, you must be willing to do the things you are not going to be willing to do when you do have resources. Mm-hmm. Now, right now, I mean, if, if my wallet can't get it done, it's not going to get done, right? But it, you're, if you're not in that position, you have to put in the time, right? The only times I stay up till three o'clock in the morning working anymore is if I'm launching something new and something big. But back in the day, that was the norm. That was the norm. There's um, something else I, I, I just want to touch on. And I think you've probably uh, talked about this a lot in the past. And this, this concept of work-life balance. Mm. Everybody's, everybody's idea of this balance is different. But there's yeah. this, there's this uh, ethereal thought that a work-life balance is you work like four hours a day, then you spend a few hours with your wife and a few hours with your kids. And, and um, I never saw that. <laughs> I never saw that one time. In, in my case, the balance is having your wife right next to you saying, yeah, whatever you got to do, I'm there. The support, the understanding, not the, you know, when are we going to take a three-week vacation and why are you always working so much? You know, just the opposite. So the, mm-hmm. the work-life balance is going to be different for everybody. And I know people really stress on this because maybe their spouse isn't really 100% behind them. Maybe they've tried a few things in the past and they've just failed miserably. And so their wife is like less inclined to let them take another swing at the bat, right? Swing at bat. So I think it's really important to get the, the people that you're close to behind you and the people who are not behind you to get away from them. And then whatever the balance happens to be is what you and your wife or significant other decide it is. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that knowing that beforehand, Todd, also helps a lot of people with um, vetting out who, who their partners are. And let's say, for instance, you didn't know this and you didn't have this figured out before you found your life partner. And, you know, that's the case for a lot of people as well. That's also there's also a lot of room for just mastering and learning communication because uh, To me, and it sounds like you would agree as well, work-life balance is just the mastery of being able to communicate goals to the people that are most important to you so that you can say like, hey, um, wife or hubby or whoever it is, I'm getting ready to start this, you know, this this project. I need about two weeks and, you know, I'm going to be really grinding it out. And then when I'm done, you know, I'll be able to, you know, get put that time back into you. I promise just but just be patient with me and it's just being able to communicate those little things. Um, and another thing you said that I want to touch on was buying, you said, buy, buying your way to the top. And I'll even coin it as like buying success. Right. Uh, and I really love, I really love that mindset because man, I, I've probably invested, uh, just already in this June, probably about close to $15,000 in different like coaching programs and mentorships just to kind of buy a software or buy a system that I didn't already have. And, you know, we're always talking about kind of taking 
not the easy way out, but to expedite the amount of time that you would have to invest if you were to try to figure it out on your own, which is no fun either. Um, so when it comes to investing in and buying these things, Todd, would you rather buy or automate with people or with softwares? What has been, you know, kind of more beneficial to for you, I would say, in the more later years, you know, uh, of you finding your success? Has it been buying softwares or 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 investing in people to kind of speed up this process that you have, you know, trying to figure it out? It's 100% both. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. If I had to cut it like right down the middle, I'd be able to do that. Software Mm -hmm. and systems, um, you know, you get those specifically to to handle tasks to make your life easier. Okay. The people that you bring into your life and pay consultants or what I paid one guy 50 grand for an hour of his time once. Now, we could, we could argue all day long whether it was worth it or not, right? But the fact of the matter is uh, I've gotten just as much uh, learning and I've made just as much money from the people that I've brought into my life as I have from investing into software and systems and procedures, right? And the two, in a lot of ways, go hand in hand. If I'm able to create the or have the right kind of software or systems, then the, the person that I bring in to take that over and manage it and run with it is going to be much more successful than if you just throw them to the wolves and say, Hey, figure this out. So I would have to say it's a mixture, not a mixture. It's like right down the middle. I couldn't choose one over the other. They've Mm -hmm. both been instrumental in, in what I do for sure. But, um, but I'm starting to have a better appreciation for people, uh, for the, and I want to say one thing that you mentioned too, when you're talking about the, the significant other, and that uh, balance relationship. If mm-hmm. um, if you guys can't if you can't figure out how to do it yourselves, get some counseling. Okay, I'm one of those guys that never believed in counseling until I had until um, I really I hit a bottom at one point and couldn't figure out how to how to fix things myself. And uh, and I tried the counseling, and that just wow was that a life changer? It was one of those things I wish I'd have done a lot earlier. Everybody can work on themselves. And if you get with the right professional, you're going to be much more successful. Your mind is going to get fixed. Your programming that you went through, that probably really bad programming growing up could, could have been, is going to get fixed. And a lot of people don't even realize that's the problem, that it was something their, their mom or their dad or authority figure said to them when they were six that screwed them up for 30 years or so. So I just wanted to put that out there before I forgot. Mm-hmm. But- so many people, they think that that's just, um, when you talk about buying your way to the top, they think that's just a con. Now, you got to be careful. You can't just give anybody you right. know, a chunk <laughs> of money, right? You have to be careful. But I won't work with people I don't like, you know, that I haven't gotten to know a little bit and that I can at least trust. Um, and I've still made mistakes. I have still trusted the wrong people to, to a significant amount of money, you know, Um and that's going to happen because life isn't perfect. But there's nothing that I did or any mistake that I made that was so big that I allowed it to take me out of the game. I'll never forget. Les Brown was a big mentor of mine back in the 80s. And he actually said to me, and he ended up saying this in a lot of books and whatnot, but he said it right to my face. He said, Todd, he says, you're, you're either, I, I probably shouldn't use the word he used, but I'll say you're either in the crap, you're headed for some crap, or you just left some crap. And how you deal with those situations and the times in between 
will determine how happy you are in your life. So if you look at life as nothing more than just dealing dealing with problems for for a big part of it, yeah. right? Then you're not going to you're not going to be knocked off your feet every time there's a wall to get over under or around and i see so many people fold like a piece of paper at the very first challenge and it's not even a big challenge now i I say that knowing full well that um i've dealt with huge challenges so when people like get a little uh you know gruffy about a minor challenge drives me a little crazy (laughs) it really does oh but anyway it's all about experience it's all it's all about experiences and you know that's another benefit of of investing in in these systems softwares and people as well because you know at the end of the day you're buying an experience and experiences are our best way of learning you know we we whether it turned out exactly as planned or it you know went backwards and we you know ended up just losing our money and found out we couldn't trust this person it's still an experience and we learned something from it and it's funny that we find ourselves talking about this talk because just last week we are, I had this conversation with a brilliant real estate investor on, on the show uh, as well. And we were talking about investing and coaching and things like that. And he even he even said that it might be wise to instead of investing in a property in this time, while things are kind of unknown and unwary, maybe invest that money into a coach. And so for you mentioning fifty thousand dollars for an hour of somebody's time, even, even if you had four times, five times that, you know, in the bank and were ready to invest it, that still was something to think about. Where do you, or how did you put yourself in an, in an environment or in a position to just willingly bet on yourself to that extent, to be able to invest that type of money in one person and to put that faith in the process because uh, that's where we find a lot of people having a difficult time, you know, thriving and being able to make that jump. Even, you know, not even fifty thousand dollars, one thousand dollars. People are making it uh, making it difficult to to make that jump. So what methods have worked for you to kind of bet on yourself to to take these leaps of faith and to make these investments? It has a lot to do with the same kind of concept of manager, managing your money in a business or an investment. You never want to put any any large amount at risk that would take you out of the game if it didn't provide value. Mm. So, um, yes, that's a lot of money, but I also knew that if I got absolutely zero out of it, I was going to be able just to continue on and, and keep going. It wasn't going to knock me out of the game. Now, if somebody had said, well, what if the amount of money involved was enough to knock you out of the game? My answer is you don't do that. You just don't do that. And this is why, um, you know, I don't care if you're trading futures or stocks or crypto. If you have 90 percent of your money tied up in that, it's just I'm sorry, it's just wrong. I don't care how much you believe in it. I don't your faith or whatever. It's just fundamentally wrong. You, If you have everything at play and it's all at risk. What happens if the worst thing goes? You're out of the game. You're back there, you know, washing cars or dishes or whatever, trying to get another nest egg up to try it again. And I, I, I can say that to people, and I still see people doing it, right? So a lot of times we see a lot of, you know, the touch the stove syndrome. You know, don't do this. And I'm like, eh, oh, it was hot. <laughs> you know, I shouldn't have done that. But um, those things we learn as we go. 
like I said, I've trusted people, but never to the extent to where it was going to take me out of the game if I made a bad decision. And I've made bad decisions, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And at some point, it just becomes gambling. <laughs> when, uh, <laughs> we, ga gambling is like you can't really control the outcomes, um, you know, especially if, like you said, if you're relying on a certain outcome and it's out of your control, it definitely wouldn't be wise to tie up all of your money into any investment like that that would that would put yourself in a, in a tough position uh, so we talked a lot about or you talked a lot about systems too, Todd uh, system you, you're a very systems oriented guy and I you know was just kind of looking up on some of your accomplishments and things that you you know have done and I saw this term that I'm very curious to hear about called the buy box rotation method um, what, that sounds very system oriented, right? It just sounds like a system. Well, tell us a little bit about that and the best ways to use it or what it's used for. Well, it's specific to selling on Amazon using what's called the wholesale model. Mm. And what was very, uh, very interesting is Amazon. I'll give you a perfect example. Back, I'm trying to think of the day. Back in the day, I want to say 2000, maybe 12 or 13, Amazon had this thing and it was called the featured merchant. So, they would look at every seller of this wholesale product because you could have any number of, of sellers say, selling the same, say, bar of dial soap. There's 10 or 11 people selling the same bar of dial soap, but there's only one add to cart button and what's called the featured merchant. So the featured merchant is the one Amazon would give the sale to. They were in what we called the buy box, a term I actually invented, which I should have patented because I don't get a nickel now and everybody uses <laughs> that term. <laughs> I was the first one, first one to use that term. Anyway, um, so basically the featured merchant was the big gorilla on the top of the hill and everybody that wanted to get into that buy box had to beat that gorilla off the top of the hill with either better, better metrics, um, super low price or whatever. However, Amazon would determine who gets that buy box. Well, after a while, I noticed that this featured merchant program had evolved into more of a rotational program amongst a certain group of sellers. So now if you had 10 sellers selling that same bar of dial soap, maybe three of them were what Amazon deemed competitive sellers. Uh, all of the inventory was at FBA. The delivery times were the same because Amazon's delivering. The price was within 3% of each other, and that was it. They started rotating the sales amongst those three people. Those other seven got nothing unless all those other three went out of stock. Then they would go back to a, more of a different type of a competitive selling. Once I recognized that, I realized I could now go on any listing for any product that I could buy profitably and get a share of that buy box, made millions. Just figuring that out through observation and trial and error. So I ended up writing a book and it described basically the concept of the buy box rotation, which made the wholesale model so much better than any other selling model on Amazon. It had the least amount of risk. It was the easiest to forecast and you could actually look at data using certain tools we had developed to tell you everything you needed to know to predict the future the best you could for the profitability of selling that item, which made the risk of buying that product, incurring the cost of uh, getting that inventory, super low. And that's the other key thing about being in business is managing the risk. There can be no risk without 
There can be no success without risk, but you can sure manage that risk. Nobody's saying take stupid risk, right? They're saying try to mitigate that risk and control it, make it as low as possible. So if you did buy some inventory and you didn't sell any of it, it doesn't take you out of the game. Mm -hmm. That's the most important thing. Risk management. Risk management is definitely key. And I'm just uh, amazed that I'm sitting talking to the guy that coined buy box, right? Cause like I'm in a whole different industry, Tada, and I even use buy boxes, uh, in wholesaling. I, I wholesale real estate and we talk about buy boxes all the time. I ask my investors what their buy boxes are. So that's pretty cool. And, uh, I, I, I love, I just love to hear how it's transformed and, you know, it's, it's helping so many other people just get a grasp on what they're doing. And, um, I, I'm not sure if you mentioned what is the name of your book that um, that you kind of talk a little bit more uh, deeply uh, on. That book's called the Amazon Code, mm. and it, it's basically talking about all of the different uh, models of selling on Amazon. And I make the argument of, of why I feel wholesale is the best model to start with. And then uh, private label, I believe, is the second best. All those other ones are just garbage. I mean, you go on to TikTok or, or whatnot, and, and everyone's talking about drop shipping and arbitrage, and they're not real businesses. They're not, you know, mm. to build a real business is an asset, and it's something that can have some longevity and some value. Mm-hmm. If you just want to do, you know, fad, um, try to create profits online with these fad types of things or things that aren't aren't even in terms of service with the marketplace you're using. Mm -hmm. You're just setting yourself up for failure. And I've never understood why people put all of this energy and effort into doing something, what I'm going to call the wrong way when they could just be doing it the right way. So that was the impetus impetus behind that book is to Mm -hmm. say, Hey, you know, everybody that's telling you arbitrage as a business model is wrong. And here's why. Everyone that says drop shipping is a business model the way they were doing it is wrong. And here's why. And here's the argument I'm going to make for wholesale. And then you decide. And if you think that's a, a great model, right, now you have enough information to jump off the cliff and get started doing it the right way. Awesome. Awesome. And now, so I could definitely see how these fads and <clears throat> they would be something that is very short lived, even, you know, people who see quick success you know, in these things, it, it, it's all fine and dandy, but it doesn't seem like something that'll be long term. And it, it, to me, it kind of reminds me a little bit back to um, now. I don't I'm not sure if these two things are the same thing. You called it affiliate marketing. When first thing that comes to mind that I hear is network marketing um, are two, di- two totally different things. Got Correct. it. So two completely it, different things. Okay, so um, so man, even educate me and our millionaires on the biggest differences between affiliate marketing and network marketing, um, and uh, we we can just go from there because you know I definitely I'm not the only person who probably thinks that. Yeah, first let's take on um, multi-level marketing or network marketing and, and and pound that into the sand and move on because it's uh, it's usually not really good. Okay, uh, a, a network marketing. Uh, MLM marketing, multi-level, is all based on compensation systems where you sell something, you get paid, you bring in somebody else who signs up under you and they sell Mm -hmm. stuff, he gets paid and you get a percentage. And some really complicated systems can be going three, four, five, six levels deep and all kinds of bonuses. 
and they are thinly disguised pyramid schemes is all they are, okay? Matter of fact, it's very, very difficult right now to start an MLM program that's legal in all 50 states because so many states have strict laws. For example, you cannot charge somebody to come into a multi-level program, like to buy this uh, starter kit. Well, here's your starter kit. It's got $500 worth of, worth of inventory in your sales book and yada, 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 and it's X amount of dollars, and you got to buy that. Now go sign someone else up. That's illegal. You should. So, so many companies do that, but it's illegal. All right. So the multi-level marketing, and when you run the numbers and you try to figure out how much compensation is possible, you eventually run out of people in the known universe to, to get into this thing. <laughs> the only people that make money are the ones that start it and get in on like the ground floor because they're at the top and they're getting paid by everybody that comes in after. Eventually, someone's going to sign up and say there's nobody left to talk to about this thing. You know, it's run its course. But now you have a garage full of product that that is really probably substandard anyway. The concepts behind uh, mar uh, multi-level marketing, what they come up with to just to create a multi-level marketing program is ridiculous sometimes. I've seen people selling literally bottles of water, right? But the water's special in some way just to start the compensation program. It's mm. terrible. It never, it just shouldn't be allowed. Okay. So how's that different than affiliate marketing? I like mm -hmm. to really term affiliate marketing more referral marketing. For example, if I asked you where the best place in Atlanta was to get a steak, you would have a restaurant in mind probably, right? Mm -hmm. And you tell me about that restaurant. And I go to that restaurant and I spend money there, a lot of money, and have a great meal. You just engaged in affiliate marketing, but you didn't get paid, right? right? You referred me to that restaurant for free. And people do that all, all the time with everything. So there's companies that, um, while they may have a marketing budget to do TV commercials or radio commercials or newspapers or, you know, ads what, online, whatever, they also uh, engage um, or have a program that will pay you a commission for referring somebody to them. Even Walmart. If, if you have... Uh, somebody that you've referred to Walmart and they buy something, Walmart will give you a percentage of the sale. So will Amazon. Amazon does the same thing. It's called the Amazon Associates Program. So if I set up a website and my website is about cameras, photography, and I'm talking about the latest Canon camera that's come out and I write a compelling article and I tell you that you can buy it at Amazon and just click this link. That's my affiliate link. I'm going to get paid by Amazon if you end up using this link and, and buy it. And they go to Amazon and they buy that camera. Amazon will give me money. Not only will they give me money for that camera, they'll give me a percentage of anything else that person buys at Amazon. So I'll, I had, uh, well, I don't want to get in too long of a story. I, I love talking about this and I could talk yeah. about this for a long time. But um, back in the day, uh, we were doing like, on average like 135000 a month in Amazon Associate commissions. And the way we did that was we developed a piece of software that you could enter a keyword. Like, let's say the keyword was uh, nurses, right? The software would then create a 500 page website with each page optimized with a keyword phrase around nurses. Those pages would get indexed in Google and every one of them had advertising on it. And so people would click on these ads. Uh, AdSense was another huge program back then also. They're still around. It's, mm -hmm. it's a Google program. 
matter of fact. If you have a website right now, you can put Google AdSense on your web property. And if people click on those ads, Google will share with you what that person paid to have the ad there in the first place. So in any event, you could do nothing but create web properties, optimize them in a certain way, monetize them with just a program like Amazon Associates or AdSense and make money online. Now, I, I just took a, a very simple concept, right? That's your mm -hmm. Texas Hold'em poker. Okay, that was Texas yeah. Hold'em poker because it's not that simple. I mean, you could spend years just learning uh, proper SEO optimization. If you do it wrong, you're going to get one of those famous Google slaps and you might have to end up starting all over again. But the point is, is affiliate marketing is it's legitimate when Amazon's doing it, Walmart's doing it. You name a company, a big company, a brand, they probably have an affiliate program. Now, where stuff like this gets bastardized and prostituted is when you have the internet gurus, the bro marketers coming out with crap programs to make money. And they create an affiliate program. And so they basically say to all of the other bro marketers out there, hey, we're about to launch this program. Get on board. We're going to give you a lot of commissions and bonuses and all of that. And everybody's now motivated to push garbage onto the unsuspecting uh, consumer. That's mm -hmm. where I have a problem. That's where mm -hmm. I have a problem. So there's uh, just like, like I said before, there's a right way to do it and there's a wrong way to do it. And people get blinded by the amount of money that could be made in affiliate marketing. One of the programs I launched in 2017 did $11.1 million in a month through uh, ClickBank. And ClickBank gave me a Tesla because of that launch. It was the, the largest launch they had had at that time. Now it's been, it's been beat like three or four times since then. But that's the allure of affiliate marketing. When a professional affiliate, somebody that like has built a, a huge list, a marketing list of people interested in that niche, for that product, which might be just making money online, right? Mm -hmm. When they can uh, mail that list and tell them, hey, I'm, the, I'm a guru, I'm a bro marketer, trust me, this is what you want, you know, it's X thousands of dollars. They're doing that because of an affiliate commission. And that's where I think the industry is, has really gone wrong. So what they've done is they've created a whole proliferation of garbage marketers that have the, the deal of the lifetime every single week for making money online and it's just wrong it's just mm -hmm. wrong yeah you have you have people you have people in every industry that can take a good thing and and turn it sour just from being greedy and just wanting wanting to get to the bag you know is, is now the the phrase that's coined by everybody now getting to the bag and man wow so todd you mentioned one thing that i have to go back uh this the adsense so you're saying if you have a website I'm not sure. Does it require coding? But you can add AdSense to your website to where people can pay for ads on your website. It is absolutely free to join the Google AdSense program. Go to AdSense.Google.com and sign up for an AdSense account. You register your web properties with Google in that dashboard. They then give you a piece of code, a little snippet to put in, say, the header or sidebar of your site, that code studies your, your web pages and determines what is, what, what is relevant about your site. Is it about horses? Is it about nurses? Is it about making money online? What's the relevancy? And it's all done through the programming, right? It will then 
take ads because there's another program on Google called AdWords. If you're if you want to do any advertising on Google through their search network, you go to adwords.google.com, sign up for a free account and say, here's what I'm selling. Here are the keywords that I want you to show my ads for and show them on relevant websites. And I will pay. Uh, you can either tell them what you're going to pay or Google tell you what you should pay. Let's say it's a dollar a click. I will pay a dollar a click when somebody clicks on my ad that you've shown right in the network. So that dollar that they're that the advertisers willing to pay to Google, Google splits with the website owners that are displaying the AdSense uh, ads. And they don't know. I don't even know exactly what the split was back in the day. I kind of had it figured out that it was it was good. You're getting like 60 percent of the revenue that somebody was paying to advertise. And so you're all of a sudden you're in the advertising business all because you have made a really nice, relevant website. Now, making making the site is the first step. Getting traffic to it is the second. And when you're if you're going to specialize in AdSense, you need to specialize also in search engine optimization to get the organic traffic, however it is that you're going to do that, right? Right. Because it's that organic traffic that's free. So then as the people click on the advertising and you're you're generating the revenue, you don't have any other real overhead other than maintaining the website and making it, uh, keeping it relevant and getting other additional pages, usually through articles, to, to rank high in Google, which is something you can learn. Anybody can learn how to do that. Mm. Yeah, I am just like how I how did I not know about this? I'm, I'm just I'm just just blown away, Todd. I appreciate you sharing that information. I'm just at loss of words. I didn't even know that that was you know an option or even a thing for for people. So back to the step one, you know, making the website. Step two, you know, learning SEO and you know getting traffic to the website. I'm sure that those two, both of those two things are just as important for selling online as well, outside of just running ads. So when it comes to selling online, where would someone start even in that, like, even if they just have spare time to just get into this space of selling online, where would you say the, the first place for people to start? Or what are like the first three steps, the most important steps to have success in, in online sales? Well, um, I, I am old enough and have been doing this long enough to literally say and be truthful that I've tried everything, okay? <laughs> and I would say affiliate marketing is the place to be if you're going to do it the right way. Now, as excited as you got about the AdSense program, you could make, if your goal is to make like a metric crap ton of money, then having the affiliate information uh, on a, a good product on that website, it's going to make you a hundred times more money. All right. So you find a good product and uh, companies like ClickBank have a lot of affiliate products. There's ways to research which ones are the best, which ones sell real well. And then you can go up and, and set up a web property that is designed to market that affiliate product. All right. Now there's also these things called funnels. People get funnels confused with websites all the time and a funnel is it really it's a one page website that's how it starts out and you end up in the top of the funnel and 
let's say you're interested in buying something. A lot of this comes from Facebook advertising. You see this really cool widget on a Facebook ad that caught your attention. You click on it and you're learning about that widget. And when you give them your name and your email, you just went into the top of the funnel and now you can buy this blue widget for $9.99, right? So you buy that thing for $9.99. That's, that's page one of the funnel. The very next thing they're going to do is what's called an upsell. Hey, you just bought one of these because you're brilliant. You're a genius. You see the value. How would you like to buy 10 for the price of six? So all of a sudden, what the seller has done is increase the average cart value for what you're spending on the same advertising dollars. Nobody makes any money on that first sale. So whatever ad cost they had to get you into that funnel and buy that first blue widget, they didn't make any money. Nine times out of 10, they made nothing. You cannot really be financially successful with one product. You have to take them through that funnel process and go through the upsells and uh, capture their name and email to build your list so that you can go back with additional products to that list later on to increase the lifetime value of that customer. Hmm. So funnels, that's a whole different, a whole different animal than websites. They're both great. But what you need to do is become an expert in the website and the funnel and not the products. Let people that are really good at making awesome products that have really good affiliate programs be your real source for the products. I want to get out of making my own products, right? The information, you said it earlier, making an information product, it's blood, sweat, and tears, mm -hmm. right? And you're the one responsible for keeping the content up to date. You're the one responsible for customer service. You're the one responsible on and on and on and on. When I find a product that I like, that is somebody else's product and it has a good affiliate program, I would rather spend my time as the online marketer developing the, the marketing, the initial um, website that talks about uh, what the affiliate marketing product might be, even if it's make on money or make money online. Now I'm writing articles about how to make money online and uh, letting people know if they want more information, click here and it puts them into the top of that other guy's funnel. As long as the, as what you're promoting is legal, ethical and long-term, I think that's the, where you should be right now. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. Um, it just sound, it just sounds it's a no brainer because as you mentioned with affiliates, you're all, we're already marketing a lot of these products and services that we use ourselves on a day-to-day -day basis. We're, we're marketing these things for free. Um, so you just kind of learning how to, so let me ask YouTubers that let's say I, I'm a YouTuber and I got this mic and I'm wearing this hat and I got this shirt on and all these things are on Amazon that's pretty much what it is. Like that's like a form when you see the YouTubers like go to my Amazon store and you can check the same mic that I use out. That's affiliate marketing. You make a video about the sure seven seven uh, B mic, how to get the best sound out of it. You've made your YouTube video in your description. It's like, if you'd like to buy a sure SM seven B here's my link to Amazon. If you uh, want to buy a green screen, like the one I used in my video, here's the link to the green screen. If you want to buy the uh, Rodecaster Pro, here's my affiliate link to that. That's all in the description of mm -hmm. your video. Now, the trick about that then becomes getting the, uh, the, the followers and the views on that video 
using the YouTube search algorithm, right? You want YouTube putting your video up. If somebody searched for what's the best microphone for podcasting, you want yours to be one of those suggested videos that come up. People watch it. They like what you had to say. Now they, they know you a little bit better. They like you. They trust you. They're going to go to your description. They're going to click your link. That's affiliate marketing. That's mm-hmm. legitimate affiliate marketing. And I love that. I love using YouTube. Um, just real quick. Mm-hmm. Uh, here, I want to say one thing about YouTube. Um, young people. I don't know how young you are. I, I don't think I'm going to insult you. You're over 25, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, boy, those young guys that get on there. They, they, they have this frame of mind that you can learn everything there is to know in the universe on YouTube. I'm not going to dispute that, but what I'm going to dispute is it's not easy or organized and there's so many sharks out there. Okay. Mm-hmm. So if you're just developing good content and using affiliate links, you're not really a shark. But if you're one of those people disguising your ad that rolls right before your video, to direct them away into their program that costs five or 10 grand, right? You're a shark and you're using YouTube to take it, you know, take advantage of that. Now, if you're doing it right, that's, that's how it works, right? But somebody that's looking for information that thinks that they can go to YouTube and learn how to build a long-term legitimate business that's legal and ethical, I believe you get that on YouTube. The other day, I needed to know how to do something in a piece of software called ScreenFlow. I needed to know how to do this, that, or the other thing. That's what YouTube's great for. You go into the search and say, how do I do this in ScreenFlow? And mm-hmm. you get the, you know, you get your answer right then and there. But even, uh, even videos that don't use the affiliate marketing, they still get monetized by AdSense. If you, get, uh, if you become a, an influencer and you're getting hundreds of thousands of views and thousands of hours of watch time, the advertising that shows up on those videos, that's AdSense that Google is doing for you. So when somebody clicks on one of those ads in your video, if you're monetized, you get a share of that. That's how a lot of YouTubers make money. They build a following, they become an influencer, and they make money off the advertising. Now, if they're really, really, really smart, they also have the affiliate links in their description, but you can do one or the other. Yeah, no. And I, I, I am definitely one of those guys, Todd, that that tell people you can learn everything on YouTube. But to <laughs> my defense, <laughs> to my defense, I always drop the disclaimer that it's just a starting point because it becomes very Good difficult. Yeah, it's, it's very difficult. And I'll even say it again. It's very difficult for you to not have a blueprint or some type of outline for what you're specifically looking for. Like you said, here's the problem. Mm -hmm. Here's one of, and I didn't mean to interrupt you, but here's one of my pet peeves. I do not like it when somebody says or does something that derails a new person from following their dream. For example, Mm -hmm. Oh, you want to learn affiliate marketing. That's easy. Just get on YouTube and, and you'll learn everything you need to know about affiliate marketing. So they do that. And what happens? They get frustrated. They get confused. They get 19 different opinions and they never do anything. That's why I hate not. So it's not YouTube. It's that advice. You know, Mm -hmm. it's the person giving that advice is hurting that person. Right. That's one of my huge pet peeves. That's why I don't like negativity in Facebook groups. Somebody's in a uh, maybe a, a free public group on how to make money on Amazon, let's say. 
and they're in there and they ask a, a newbie question that's a com completely legitimate question what happens 90 trolls come out from under their bridge say what are you stupid you know what are you you know what's wrong with you everybody knows that they just the little people mm -hmm. and that, all of a sudden that person says well i'm never asking a question in a facebook group again right. they've hurt that person's journey drives me crazy anyway not, yeah. not a lot i can do about it one thing i did want to say also so I'm glad you make YouTube videos and I'm glad you have a podcast because you have one of those voices that I would kill for and I would pay to listen to you read the phone book. It's just a great <laughs> voice. So I had to fit that in there. Oh, I, I truly appreciate that. And it hasn't always been that way. Sometimes every once in a while, Ty, I, I would listen to my earlier episodes and it's just cringy. Like I just can't. Uh, it's just hard for me to listen to. And uh, it, it took some time for me to kind of get used to hearing myself and I can even tell that I by listening to it I, I can even hear my voice change and kind of adapt to you know having a podcast and those things like that but uh I, I I appreciate that that just gave me even more confidence so thank you so yeah, that's the journey yeah. of a lot of famous singers they all mm -hmm. say when I started you would not have wanted to listen to me but I had to learn and I practiced and now I'm a a much better singer i've just been talking all day long and i'm kind of hearing myself in in my ears and it's it sounds like my voice is like right on the edge but i hear you and i'm like gives me the strength to keep going <laughs> <laughs> well I, i'm glad to hear that todd and uh man it's been uh it's been very I'm, I'm very grateful to have had this conversation with you so far you know we're, we're nearing nearing the end of the you know the episode and um you know i have a few more questions for you before we wrap things up and i just had to throw that out there i'm definitely you know thankful for you you know just pouring into us and sharing your time and sharing your evening with us um so before we transition into our next segment um i do want to ask for you what 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 grew faster was it your digital products or was it your amazon store Well, you know, it's kind of, that's a great question because I get this a lot when, um, when you're an Amazon, like when I'm an Amazon seller and then all of a sudden I come out with a, a program on how to sell on Amazon, the pushback is always, oh, you're just selling a program to sell on Amazon because you're making a lot of money doing that. Well, yeah, yeah, I am, but I'm still an eight figure seller on Amazon and I'm a capitalist. So if I want to make a course and it's a good course and I'll charge whatever I want for the course and people can buy it if they see the value, more power to me, which might sound, I might come off as a, you know, a little arrogant there. But the point of the, the matter is I, I really don't like these people that make maybe 500 bucks on Amazon and then they come out with a program on how to sell on Amazon. I mean, how arrogant is that? And it's really short uh, circuiting you know, the trust that people need to have when they're trying to figure out how do I get this education, right? They get burned by some guy because they'll buy a cheap program. They'll buy a four or $500 program and go, wow, this was absolute garbage. Because yeah, because the guy really didn't know what he was talking about. Okay. So yeah, no, I made a lot more with, with the Amazon program than actually selling on Amazon. But that's the way it should be. You know, if you start off with um, affiliate marketing, there are definitely other things that you can branch off into that aren't specifically affiliate marketing. You might decide, like I said, to, you know, create your own program. You might decide to do uh, 
courses or masterminds to help other people. And you will definitely always, in my opinion, make more money selling information than you will doing what the course uh, is trying to teach people. So is that wrong? I don't think so. I don't think so at all. How do you even control that? You know, you're going to what poo poo on every author that ever wrote a book that became, you know, a platinum bestseller, right? Because, you know, they make more money selling the book than they did in what the the book uh, teaches people how to do. That that logic just kind of escapes me. But the short answer to your question, it's digital marketing. That's where a lot of money is for sure. You know, even the education online business is changing. Well, I don't know who said this, but it might have been Forbes predicts the online education to be like something like $350 billion in the next year or two. It's because people don't want to spend four or six years in an institution of higher learning, paying more money, you know, going into debt they can't afford on the off chance they might actually learn something that's marketable when they get out with online learning it is very niche it's not mm-hmm. a four-year university even though you know one of my companies is called expert university i'm just, we're making you an expert in a niche right mm-hmm. and it's a niche that you're gonna be able to make uh, money in we don't we don't teach any programs in in niches that aren't valuable like you can go to school do that underwater basket weaving but you're gonna come out and make a money with that no not at all our whole goal is to teach people how to make money the right way. And if people were really teaching this in high school or college, there'd be no expert university, no need for it. Mm -hmm. But people are wanting to work out of their home. They're wanting to learn out of their home. They want just don't give me the fluff. Give me the how to give me what's working and and set me loose in the right direction. And that's why online training is not only, you know, one of the greatest things since sliced bread. It's also the haven for the for the con artists, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, unfortunately, that uh, that mix with social media and what it does to our psyche of this instant gratification, those two things are are poison, you know, as far as when it comes to, you know, actual success and having the the, the realistic perception of what it takes to kind of build out certain processes and things. But I am I am refreshed to kind of hear that perspective too, Todd, because we also just had this conversation last week and it comes up multiple times that people have the perception or are more willing to go into debt for school, you know, for that four year degree than to go into debt for a five, 10, $15,000 coaching program. Um, and that's just the general understanding, but who knows that that might change, you know, in these next you know few months or these next few years. It's not how people are being raised, you right. know, it's just not. And they're, it's still uh, go to school, go to college, get a job, you know, and that's what people are being told to do. It's not until they have an, um, a crisis event many times that, uh, and unfortunately, crisis is one of the big things that brings change in a life, but they lose their job, right? Mm-hmm. That's a crisis. And It'll, it causes people to refocus. You know, one of the things that really got me was the death of my brother in 1988. This was when I was flying for the post office. Mm-hmm. I also had had three major engine failures in a 90-day period of time, one of which should have killed me. So that experience, the death of my brother, was my crisis time when I'm like, things have got to change. I have got to make a change. And finally, 
my desires and my motivation were lined up. The people that are, they hate their job, but they can't, they can't stand any pain in the transition. I would love to, to have my own online business, Todd. You know, what can you show me? I said, well, you should do this, this, and this. Oh, I don't know about that. I said, well, you're not ready. You don't have enough pain in your life, you know, to be able They go right back to that job that they hate because uh, it's less pain. It's painful, but it's less pain than pouring the gasoline on the bridge behind them, throwing the lighter over their shoulder, and forward's the only way to go. That's right. proper motivation. Yeah, yeah. Um, I forget where I've heard something very similar to that, Todd, but it, w- it had to do with boats in an island. It's like you just you you go to an island and you burn all the boats, so you end up having to either die on that island or you take their boats to to get back home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, being in that, being in that situation, I don't can't remember who said this to me, and I got to clean it up. I'll clean it up, but you know, people that have a plan B are just blanks okay because you know you're already setting yourself up to fail plan a is the only thing that matters and if you you know like if i give someone a plan a many thousands of people have already been successful with it so you should be questioning the plan you should be questioning how are you you know what are you going to do to get it done Mm -hmm. yeah exactly what are you going to do and if you have a problem and I said this earlier, you go over it, under or around it. You don't quit under any circumstances. No quitting. And that is another thing that's just been prevalent throughout our society. Somebody doesn't like something, they cancel it out, they quit it, you know, and they, they, they're taking this route to, to a dream that it's never going to get them there. Just go straight line. That's, that's, that's the gym. That's the gem of the evening right there, Todd. <laughs> I know I surprised you with that one, but that is the uh, the gem of the evening. Uh, man, just plan A only. You know, I, I know a lot of us like to focus on having a plan B, but you truly got to just set your mind on plan A because if you, it's, it's like B do have. I heard that before several times. It rings in my ear. B do have, and you can't truly become something you know, to have and, you know, to do something more and to have something. If you have this back, if you have plan B, plan C, plan D lined up, you're never really truly becoming the person that you have to become in order to unlock that, that door that, that waits on the other end. And so, yeah, no, what were you about to say, Todd? Those are the people that are really succumb to uh, the shiny object syndrome. They Mm -hmm. start working on something. It gets a little difficult Maybe they get to that first obstacle and they hear, hear the little ding in their email box that's saying, oh, you should really be a crypto trader. And they go, oh, that sounds better, right? <laughs> and they completely they completely change. I believe in um, pivoting is okay. Pivoting is not quitting. Pivoting is like, okay, I've tried to go this far and it's not working. So what I need to do is maybe adjust, pivot just a little bit to get that, uh, that little extra edge that you need to get around that obstacle. Quit. You should never have to quit. You just because mm-hmm. if other people have done it, you can tell yourself that, hey, other people have done it. So it's possible. So why is it not possible for me? Well, it is if you don't quit. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. You can't. I, I can't say I failed if I if I if I'm still doing it or if I'm still trying and I never quit. Uh, so, Todd, speaking of pivot, we are getting ready to pivot into our next section. And uh, that sound. <laughs> means that we are now transitioning into our our second or 
our last segment of the show. But before we get into the last few questions, I do have a rapid fire round for you. And we like to call this our rapid fire round and it's sponsored by uh, our guys over at Pod Deck. So the fun thing about it, Todd, is these questions have nothing to do with our conversation. <laughs> They're just five random questions. Um, you know, uh, be brief, be brilliant, but most importantly, have fun with it. And, um, you know, if you could try to answer them in, you know, one word or one sentence, then we'll, we'll move right on to the next question. You ready? I'll do my best. Sure. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. First question is, what do you consider? What do you consider the most overrated virtue? Patience. Hmm. Patience is the most overrated virtue. I don't think I can let that be just one word. I'm sorry. I broke my rule. First question in, but if you could explain, if you could explain, Ty, give us a little bit more. I think people are too patient sometimes and, mm. and they'll literally put their success in the hands of something they really have control over by saying, I just need to be patient. Nobody says you have to be patient. Matter of fact, I'd rather you be a little agitated every day and, and get to more of a place of uh, accomplishment, right? Mm -hmm. People that are, are patient, I think, aren't doing enough, right? Mm. So, so that, that's, your, that's me expounding on that one word answer for you. Yeah, no, I, I love that. I love that explanation. I, I, I would say I agree after that explanation. All right. Second question. When you think about success, who comes to mind and why? Wow. We got deep, didn't we? When I think about success, who comes to mind and why? Um, you know, Gary Vanderchuk is, is one of the guys that comes to mind. He, he doesn't cater to anybody. He is completely... Um, himself with everybody you know he's always the same no matter who he's talking to and you don't have to wonder if he's ever ever lying to you plus mm -hmm. he's in control of his time i think success is being able to control your time doing what you want when you want right it's it's not being that slave to a clock that somebody else is winding and setting so gary v has really accomplished that and i think he's a decent role model he's not everybody's cup of tea but yeah Gary V. Awesome. Awesome. Now, if you could change one thing about yourself, what would it be? My weight. Wait. Okay. Fair enough. Number four is what is something you like the most? Ooh, what is something you like that most people don't? Working. And because I, what I do for work is um, a lot it's not the same thing as everybody else, what they do for work. You know, I mean, they, they hate Mondays, they hate commuting, they hate what they're doing and I'm being general. Right. Mm -hmm. But, um, I love creating, you know, content. I love setting goals and meeting them and all of, you know, all of that brings the revenue and the income, right? Mm -hmm. It's, I'm not chasing money. I'm doing the things that I like to just happen to produce mm -hmm. a nice income. Awesome. Working, working. That's, that's a good one. And then this last one is actually very relative to that last question. Um, it is what do most people think makes them look cool, but you actually think is ridiculous. Hmm. 
<laughs> I'm going to say certain exotic cars. <laughs> mm. Certain exotic and cars. And I'll tell you. Yeah. And I'll tell you, I, I had one for every one of my midlife crises. And some of them I looked in a, a lot better than others. But I see people now, they're just, well, why is this guy trying to rock a Lambo? You know, it just doesn't make any sense to me. But, you know, I leave, I lead a really weird life and I run with a weird circle of people to where those things are even, even a thing, you mm -hmm. know? So a lot of people probably can't relate to that one too much, but trust me, especially when I lived in Puerto Rico man, all the crypto billionaires were down there. Who mm -hmm. would think there'd be a Lambo dealership in Puerto Rico, but there is <laughs> anyway. Wow. I definitely wouldn't have thought about that. Okay, well, uh, Todd, it's been it's been great having that uh, that rapid fire moment with you. I, I appreciate you being brief, being brilliant, and most importantly, having fun with me. And um, now we get ready to close things off. And before I do that, I got to just say uh, again, appreciate your time and energy and effort, and you just being here with us today. Um, so this last these last couple questions, the first one I'm going to ask you is for you to give us a red pill blue pill scenario so i love to ask this question to our guests um and what i'll do is uh create a poll for our millionaires to vote on which pill they're taking but if you could give us some type of red pill blue pill ultimatum uh scenario for our millionaires to vote on that'd be great which what, what does those uh what do those pills look like so this is uh I'm an old guy. This is a matrix kind of a thing, a matrix question. Yeah. One pill, one pill allows you to um, learn the truth about uh, life in general and no matter what, how bad or good it is. And the other pill just allows you to continue on the path that you were on before without any additional insight. Is that, am I understanding that right? Mm-hmm. All right. Um, I'm going to say that I would never change really anything that's happened in my life so those pills are identical uh to me okay there are regrets that i have but i wouldn't change them because it's ultimately what has shaped me into the person that i am standing here today mm -hmm. so so i don't believe in in fooling yourself i think reality is something that you need to understand and that you can change it yourself from this day moving forward. You don't need a pill to do it. You just need a plan. You need to uh, figure out what you want, figure out how to get it, and then implement that plan. And that's the best pill that you can take. To do to do anything else is just, in my mind, not productive. I love, love, love that answer. Love that answer. It's just tap really really being able to tap into yourself what you want what your purpose is and just going full steam into that uh identification and um owning it um the good so the bad and the ugly the yep. good the bad the ugly and the horrific because <laughs> it's going to be yeah. some of those too all right so todd you're um you are you know traveling you know taking your next vacation and at the airport, you just happen to walk past a spitting image of 18-year-old Todd. What would be some advice you would give to 18-year-old Todd? Wow. I would tell 18-year-old Todd that he's got an exciting life ahead of him. But, you know, um, he should concentrate more on figuring out 
how to how to accomplish his goals without making so many left turns. If you can figure out how to get to where you want to be without so many detours, then you know you're going to be better off. Now the problem with all of that is I don't know of any 18 year old that would have listened <laughs> to the older person. <laughs> I know 18 year old Todd would not have listened at all because back then, oh my gosh, I needed to be molded so much back then. You know, there's there's no way I would have listened to myself. So it wouldn't have mattered what I would have said. I would have said, nice story, bro. And I would have just kept going and until I <laughs> went through every every pothole, every crash, every every bad thing that happened to me and became uh, who I am now. I don't think there's a I don't think you can shorten that process. Mm-hmm. There's some no, things you can maybe read some books. Maybe I w- would have handed myself a few books and said, do yourself a favor and read this when you get a chance. But again, till the mind is open, the mind is closed. And mm-hmm. my 18-year-old mind was closed in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. I hear you. I hear you. Well, I, I can tell you one thing. 18-year-old, I, I will. I, no, I definitely would. I would have definitely listened to that advice. The 18-year-old Kai would listen to that advice. So that's great advice. Um, even, you know, handing... Handed some books. I may not have read the books, though, until I have I got out of college because I really at one point loved books then hated books. And I just started reading books again, maybe right around 2019, 2020. Um, and that's that's all the way from 2020 to back to 2012. I, I didn't like reading books at all. So if you would have gave me the books, you probably were better off giving me the advice the first time. So, uh, Ty, it's been a, it's been an absolute pleasure, as I keep telling you, man. And um, what, now I want to kind of give you the space and, and the, the, the time and the environment to, you know, tell our guests a little bit more about where we can find you, what projects or, you know, uh, business endeavors you're super excited about sharing. Uh, I see you rocking this very, very uh, relevant hat, you know, uh, F average be legendary. I, I love it. I mean, is that one of your creations? Uh, is that somewhere that we can, is, that we can find it on one of your many affiliate links? You know, just tell us a little bit more about where we can find you and, you know, just connect with you on a, on a deeper level. One of my passion projects right now is helping people figure out how to make money online, even if they don't know where to begin. So we have a 15 day challenge that we've put together that will expose them to a lot of different uh, online profit centers and help them decide if it even makes sense in their situation. So um, I set up a site. It's called onlineexpert.pro, onlineexpert.pro. They can go there, sign up for the the, uh, 15-day challenge. It costs 7 bucks. If somebody feels they don't get their $7, just let me know, and I'll dig into my pocket and pay them back because it is a 15-day fire hydrant of drinking from the hose, and you're going to learn so much in a short period of time. But better yet, you will be able to answer the question, do I really want to create profits online? And if that's not worth 7 bucks, I don't know what is. And then if you decide you do, we can work closer together for sure, and those options will be available. Awesome. And and for, let's say, for the people that don't that don't even need they just listen to this episode and they're like man i'm ready to make profits online i need to know how to set up an amazon shop i need to know how to get affiliate links i need to get a website adsense da, 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 da. 
where can we find uh, more information about Expert University or, you know, is that just something that we direct uh, connect with you directly to get more information on? I'm telling you, go through onlineexpert.pro and it is, it is the door. It is the door. All right. And uh, matter of fact, I guarantee anybody that does that, I will send a personalized video message to just so they know I see them and that I'm they'll be able to um, respond back to it. We can have an ongoing conversation through that message if they want, because I'm really serious about helping people figure out, you know, what's right for them and the right way to do it without screwing around. Mm-hmm. I'm too well, old for games, way too old for games. So, hey, uh, that's something that we have in common, then, Todd. I, and I'm going to tell our millionaires and, and, and couple that with you, you guys can meet me over there because I'm definitely going to go do that 15 day challenge. I was looking for another challenge uh, to couple with my morning routine challenge. So, if you guys are looking to join the challenge, meet me over there. And hey, you might be able to meet me at the morning routine challenge so that we can all work together to getting our morning routines right. And squeezing in that time to get our uh, 15 day. Ch- What's the the name of the challenge? Does it have a name? 15 day challenge. 15 day challenge. So let's get this 15 day <laughs> challenge rocking. Todd, it's been a pleasure having you a part of our a, a part of our millionaire community. It's just a, a blessing to be able to put uh, in front of our million dollar mind community and our mastermind people that are, you know, not just talking the talk but are walking the walk so i just appreciate you and congratulate you in the same breath of just you know unlocking the doors that you've unlocked and just becoming the person that you are and i'm just glad that our paths have crossed to be able to have you on this platform to share with my millionaires as always and for our millionaires that are listening i gotta also give my thanks to you um you know i'm super thankful to have you all a part of the show week in week out tapping in with us giving us the feedback giving us advice giving us you know what you love what you don't don't love tips, you know, topics that you want to hear from. It's all super helpful as we build out this community even further. And I just want to thank you all for becoming the change agents that you're bound to become as you apply the principles that you heard here today specifically. Now, again, if you really um, were moved by today's conversation with me and Todd and you really, really want to learn how to unlock these profits online, um, you know, then you want to join me in that 15 day challenge and I will drop the website. I've already probably tagged it once he mentioned it, but I'll make sure it's in the show notes on both Apple, Spotify, wherever you're listening to podcasts. And if you're watching this on YouTube, you can find that in the description below, but I'll see you guys over there. And Todd, it's just been a pleasure. Uh, so millionaires, I'm your guy, Kai Speaks. You just heard it from Todd Snively on how to make six figures selling anything online. Just remember to keep focus, build momentum and drive results so you can live abundantly. Peace.